Are we doing this? Really? Wait for it. Are we doing this? Wait for it. Ow! What the fuck? WTF. And it's also, eh, what the fuck? What's wrong with me? It's time for WTF. What the fuck? With Mark Marin. All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the fucking ears? What the fuck, Nicks? What the fuck, Ohioans? No, that one's been scratched for what the fuck, eyes? What the fuck, Ricans? What what the fuck, Amalans? What the fuck, Amalans? I have one fan in Guatemala who insisted on uh, on me bringing that up. I don't even know if I said it right. This is Mark Marin. This is WTF. I am in a hotel room in Nashville, Tennessee, and things are not well inside of me. That is not an emotional observation. It is not. Uh, I don't. I don't think I'm going to die. But I think last night I came close. I'll bring that. I'll bring that back around in a minute. I seem to be having a lot of near-death experiences to the point where I think I may be being a bit dramatic. But uh, you know, I'll let you to be. I'll, I'll let you be the judge. I put a lot of things into my body, uh, for better or for worse. But man, something went in last night that I. I don't know how else to phrase it, but it fucked my shit up. I mean, literally. You know, I. I don't want. I'm not that kind of comic. I don't do that kind of humor. So I'm not going to get into that right now. I'll bring it around in a minute. By the way, Charlie Day and uh, Glenn Howerton are on the show today from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. It's a real uh, treat to talk to those guys. Uh, I'll, I'll be talking to them in a minute from the garage. Ryan Singer's here. A lot of guys here. Only got two mics, but I hope you're doing okay, fellas. You guys all right? Yeah, we're good. You're good? Okay. So we go to Prince's Chicken. I'm taken there by pe- people. See, I got to go to Prince's Chicken. This is hot chicken. Hot Fried chicken. Prince's hot chicken. Prince's hot chicken. This is regional delicacy. I found that now I just use regional delicacies to rationalize sticking bad shit into my mouth. <laughs> but this is, no, this is hot. Someone brought me a, a cold batch of it to the show the first time I was there, and I took two bites, and I had GI tract problems. Well, you were hiccuping. The next day. right? Yeah, right when Instantly. I ate it, I started hiccuping, which happens when it's hot. But you think that would have been enough for most normal people. It was not enough for me. I said... I've got to go back and conquer this beast. I like how you just threw yourself into the category of most normal people just now. Yeah, no, I know that. Okay. I'm, I've never <laughs> been that, but I like to have a frame of reference because I think some okay. people who listen might be normal and some people enjoy hot foods, okay? okay. But just the fact that I, I was compelled to go there, I was told by a local that you got to go there late at night because it's in what they call the hood. There's a lot of way they code naming black areas here in, the, in Nashville. I did also have that slight racial issue. Where, uh, where I didn't know whether or not I was being racist when I saw... First, I said uh, they, they have really great black people in Nashville, and I didn't know if that was being racist. And then I was at a drugstore, and I saw a dude with a natural fro. And in my recollection, he had one of them picks in the back of his pocket with a fist, you know, like classic. <laughs> and I said that. See, I said, that's a classic black guy. And is that? I think it is a little racist. I don't know. I it's but it, I think it only gets racist when you walk around pointing out look classic okay all right maybe maybe I should <laughs> but he check. was a classic black guy he's a classic black dude man yeah. the full on well I'm not gonna you know I'll get some mail for this I'll get some flack but let's go to Prince's in the hood where you drive up there's a 400 pound man standing in front of the place with a gun and a in, tank top and a tank top in his belt in my mind he was smoking a cigar was he not I try not to look at people who have tank tops and guns for too okay, long. Okay, so, so he's standing in front of the place. There's some dudes, uh, you know, sitting out front. It's definitely a, a black-owned establishment. We're in a black neighborhood, but I that, that 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 doesn't really bother me in any way, and it shouldn't. You know, we are outsiders to some degree 
If we weren't, we wouldn't have to drive to that neighborhood and say to ourselves, we're going to that place to get the stuff. <laughs> we wouldn't have to say those things if it was part of our rotation. Yeah, we all kind of had to get out of the car at the same time. Like, yeah, all right, guys. Yeah, it's just a, a big wall yeah. of we don't belong here. Mm hmm. So you walk into this place and it's just, it's a shoddy place, but they did have a screen for advertising that was advertising the fact that you could get advertising on that screen. Uh, <laughs> and they had, you had to walk to the back and there was a window and you had to order. And you basically, your choices were regular, medium, hot, extra hot, pieces of chicken, uh, potato salad, and coleslaw. Now I figured I'd had the extra hot that guy brought me, which made me hiccup. So I'm going to go for the hot. So I got the hot and you don't eat meat. But we had convinced you that this was a special thing. Well, it was a special thing. I figured, you know, when's the next time I'm going to be at this place? So I, I got a, uh, I got medium because I didn't want to experience what so, you experienced. Right. So me before. and Chad, what's his last name? Chad Ryden. Chad, Chad Ryden. Good guy. Been through a lot. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, his heart's heavy. World's weighing on Chad. <laughs> Weighs heavy on Chad. He's got burden. But he's a funny guy. Makes him a very funny guy. That burden makes him funny. Yeah. Me and him get the hot. And him and I sit down, and I take one bite of this shit, and my, my face was burning under my skin, yeah. all right? My mouth was burning. I felt like my tongue was swelling. I couldn't talk. And it was to the degree that, you know, I'm sitting with five dudes. You guys are talking, and I have tunnel vision. And all I'm thinking is, like, I got to get through this. <laughs> is that a way to approach food? I got to get through this. I've never heard you so silenced by food before. Well, Chad was sitting there, and his face got red, and he started yeah. hiccuping, and he started, he yeah. kept going back up to get water, and he kept water. saying, I eat this all the time, and I'm like, I can't fucking believe this. There was no relief from it. It was so hot, it was unnatural. I thought, and then he told me that they don't let white people order the extra hot. He's tried to order extra hot, and they said, you know, we don't sell that to white people because we're afraid for your, we're concerned. <laughs> But do they do black people have special mouths and assholes? I mean, I think that was <laughs> I think that was being reverse racist. So I'm thinking I can handle that. They have classic assholes. The I don't think that they're probably just not as accustomed to eating it as maybe Who the fuck they, can eat that shit? And I kept eating it and I ate the whole thing and my I was you cut I, the other night when I had You look like you were having a panic attack while you were eating. It was, like, it was the most I, controlled panic attack I've ever I seen. I kept doing it and I was eating the pickles and, the, yeah. and trying to cool my mouth off with potato salad and coleslaw and then you want the bread to yeah. cool your mouth off but that's soaked in And fucking, then someone's getting arrested outside while someone all got this arrested. is happening. I didn't even notice that. I couldn't even you register. So I, there was guns. There was gunplay outside. Yeah. There was someone being arrested. There were cops. And I was like, I, got, I can't look. I'm just trying to get through this thing that's happening. This Holocaust in my face. Yeah. And I could get no relief. It looked okay. like you were having a panic attack. And then we got through it. And like I ate two pieces of it the other night, two bites, and, that, and I made the mistake of touching my balls. And that was bad. <laughs> but see, but that, but see, you know, I got through that. I stopped touching them. Well, I washed my hands and I went back. But, but what I'm saying. <laughs> How many times did you wash your hands before you touched your balls? I did three times, like scrubbed. Before yeah. I felt like I was safe last night. Yeah. No, I, I watched him a few times. I, I laid off because I got home, and this has never happened before because I like to think I'm, I'm a guy who can eat hot food. I was laying in this bed at 2.30 at night, and my stomach got went into such pain. Like, I was buckled over, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm going to die for that chicken. Was this worth it? I mean, maybe I'm too old for this shit. It's eating at my stomach lining. Is this a, some sort of covert way of taking out, you know, cocky white people that go down? You know, like, I made it racial. I'm like, I've, I've been hit. I've been hit. 
I was thinking more like a Jim Morrison or like an Elvis moment or like something like that. No, no. First, that would be I've fitting been for you to have food take you out. Well, right. You well, that, but I was food buckled in pain. There was. I was like, like it went away. I drank a bunch of water because I thought, like, obviously the uh, the horrendous, horrible pepper stuff is sticking the lining of my stomach. So I drank water and that worked. And then like it went away for a while and then it came back like pain. And I'm like, I'm gonna have to go to the hospital. And and I thought like I better call down the desk. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. That's why I wanted ice cream that you didn't get. And I I, re- I was mm-hmm. that close to calling the hospital. Then I realized. <laughs> They probably like down at the hospital. You imagine walking in, you're like, oh, stomach problems. And the dude's just like, Did you go to Princess? <laughs> yeah. You're like, oh, this happens all the time. You sit down, the other three dorky white dudes, like, oh, God, I think I saw you there. <laughs> Did you ever find out the secret extract that they put in is some kind of chemical it's, or something? They must just push, put oil of Carpaskian or whatever it's called, the, the <sighs> stuff that's actually in peppers. But today's been sort of exciting. I don't know when it's going to hit, but. It hit me at the pancake it hit place. Me, it hit me uh, at the pancake place. Well, I know. It hit me at the same time. Because you I tried didn't... to come in, and I was already in the stall. Yeah, and I was like, what's ha- what's happening? You're like, what would you say? I'm in trouble here. I said, yeah, I'm in trouble here. And you're like, oh, I'm, I need, I'm in trouble, too. And I was like, well, it's going to be. And then uh, <laughs> in mid-sentence, I was like, it's going to be. Oh! Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you're like, okay, buddy. I'm going to the hotel. But we're okay right <laughs> now. And I'm, and, 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 and I'm glad we went through that together. And and look, folks, let's get to the show. I You know, I, this could be a whole show, obviously, on its own. Uh, we, we've got Charlie Day and, and Glenn Howerton from it's, uh, it's Always Sunny in uh, Philadelphia. And I want to thank the guys at Esquire.com who helped uh, set up the interview today. You can read a condensed version of my interview with Charlie and Glenn and share it with your friends at Esquire.com slash WTF Sunny. Let's go now to the garage. We're speaking of uh, poo. You know, I had uh, Glenn had an event. The music on our show this week is by Battlefish, a new independent rock trio from Minneapolis. Their debut album is out this fall, and you can stream or download their music for free by visiting battlefishmusic.com. How do you sound in your head? I sound In my head, I sound much more masculine. I always sound really <laughs> smart in my head. <laughs> do you? I uh well let's uh, welcome everyone here Glenn Howerton Char- hello Char- Charlie Day how's it going in the garage here at the Cat Ranch for uh I I just think it's important to talk about how this experience started because you know this is a pretty intimate situation the way this conversation works and but I had no idea that uh, Glenn would walk in and have no choice mm-hmm. but to tell me he had to shit yep. And I and I I thought that we we broke a big there was a big boundary there and it was out because you, you know what no, I, I was I was you know it's the kind of thing that ten years ago <laughs> I would have been absolutely mortified by <laughs> and I would have I would have tried to hide it and I would have said you know I got I'm so hey man can I use your bathroom yeah. and then just as quickly as I possibly could get the feces out <laughs> and try and cover up the smell you know but I was I just I just don't care anymore like it happens to everybody well that you're a successful guy you got a beautiful wife you don't care yeah exactly i mean i, <laughs> you I, I just want. you know i mean look it's not like that <laughs> hey i'm a successful guy i'm gonna shit right here in your I'm gonna say, yeah that's exactly what i was like hey mark how are you man i'm a, I'm a fan of your work um hey can i shit uh, you know giant amounts of feces in at, your toilet at what point did you realize you were gonna have to because you drove from venice and that's pretty far uh, yes it was about halfway through the drive and uh, i was telling mark i was running early so I was going to try and drive really slow, which I never do. I always drive like a maniac. Yeah. I'm always running late. Yeah. 
And then right at the last minute, I realized I was going to have to drive like a maniac anyway to shit all over somebody's house who I don't even know. But that's a weird thing, though, because even if you are famous, I know I noticed you were a little uncomfortable and there's something about that. I mean, it's like with the relationship. Like now, you know, we have open conversations about shitting. I will shit in the bathroom with her in the shower if necessary. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah, I, you're both married. Do you do that? No, I don't do that. <laughs> really? No way. Okay. Why when, Why not? Well, because we, we have multiple bathrooms in our giant mansion. Oh, that's, oh there you go. <laughs> I mean, we're... No, no, even, you know, even... Second uh, bathroom. We could be, uh, we could, I could, you know, I could be in a, I don't know, like a trailer with a shower and I wouldn't want to take a dump in there because like, I wouldn't want her to. Right. I mean, that's sort of, we got a good deal there. I don't want her taking a shit while I'm taking a shower. Well, how often are you in trailers? I guess on movies you're in trailers. Yeah. So you want shit in the trailer? Oh, I'll shit in the trailer, but alone. Oh, alone. oh right, right, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like the guy who, uh, I mean, it's been a long time since I've been on a bus, but you're not supposed to ever use the, you're not supposed to shit in the bus bathroom, you know, if you're cross country. <laughs> yeah. You mean a tour bus or like a Greyhound? A tour bus or a Greyhound. It's the same type of bus, but there's just a rule of apparently with musicians that, you know, oh. whoever shits in there better have to because you're going to be hated for the rest of the trip. It's a right. good rule. I think I think when you're <laughs> talking about... Rule. Don't shit on the bus. Yeah. I don't I, know, but when you're talking about a cross-town... I mean, like a cross-country Greyhound sure. trip or whatever, like yeah. those people that are on that bus, they don't give it... They they, if they, they have, have no shit, shame. They, they they're, on, they're on a Greyhound. They're on a gray- mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, all right. You guys... The what, When's the new season start? September 15th, right? That is correct. Now, is, um, is Rob... Busy losing the weight, or what's happening? He is, yeah. Um, he's actually on. A, he's using. What is happening? Is he like he's hitting the gym pretty hard, huh? Yeah, but he, was that a group discussion? I mean, I know there's a lot of press around the fact that he put on what forty pounds, fifty, for no, fifty for no real reason other than to yeah, yeah, he just the, <laughs> the comedy of it really. I Dude. think he was getting a little. I think he was getting a little self conscious and uh, of his character. I think he was getting a little sick of what he found funny about his character, and he was starting to wonder what was even funny about his character anymore. And he thought, <laughs> well, you know, I've never seen on television a. a a, a, a character, you know, gain 50, an actor also gain 50 pounds for the role. I've seen it in films, but usually as... For a role that, yeah. you know, like usually it's to... Well, I mean, he was, De Niro was playing Jake LaMotta. Right. I mean, it, it was yeah. relative to the real person. Yes. So he just thought, I'm going to do it in the name of funny. Well, this was, this was, it does make sense if you know the character. It does make sense for his character to have... Because his character is obsessed with mass, you know, and in his mind, he's this big, massive muscle monster. But when in reality, he he's just, you know, kind of uh, obsessed with mass, but he doesn't have any. So in his character's mind, he's building up tremendous amount of mass in order to eventually sculpt it into, you know, muscle. Who hasn't done that? Yeah, but he did say, like, and he asked us, he's like, I, you know, I've never seen that on television. I've never seen characters, like, intentionally... First of all, on sitcoms, people always get better and better looking. Right, they have more money. They get the more veneers yeah, yeah. and the hair plugs, <laughs> and you know, yeah, and they, start they actually with... become younger in a freakish way. <laughs> yeah, you never see them like look like shit. And he said, you know, do you guys want to do it too? And I was like, I, I was like, no, no, I, I don't want to do it. I don't think I can do it. <laughs> did he have fun eating? Uh, I he think did, to, yeah. I think some of the things he was trying to do it in a healthful way, which basically means taking healthy food. And eating massive amounts of it, which is no fun for yeah, anybody. But he kind of threw that out and started just going right after the donuts and the... yeah, became very much very donut and ice cream drinking heavy. But you know, what, to his credit, it's it's funny. Like he's it's funny. He's so funny this season. And you know what? It, you know it's to the point where I'm like, God, it's gonna suck for him to lose the weight. You well, know, it affected, it affected his, his acting. Well, his, how, how so? He he 
it was like it, I think I mean you get I that don't kind get of all... John Goodman fat sound to you. Oh, he gets, you mean his voice changed? <laughs> wow. Well, on occasion, on certain lines, he would have a little bit of that. I think it's also just just the freedom of. I think anytime a character, I mean, an actor like wears a mask, yeah. I don't mean literally wears a mask, yeah. but has like funny, puts on funny clothes yeah, or yeah. Does, has to pl- you do can an embody it. Yeah, it just, it just, yeah. fr- I think it just really freed him up. So all of a sudden he's like, he's this fat, sloppy guy and, and he just, it affected his acting. His acting is better this year. It's, and also you look funnier. And he so looks I, funnier. And I look funnier. <laughs> Everybody, you, you can't, you can't avoid that when yeah. you're a fat guy. I mean that's a built-in funny. Well, and also we, we did he embrace be... it? Was there shirtless scenes? Did I mean did? Oh I yeah. Mean, were... Oh about, yeah, yeah. About yeah. halfway through the season, we realized that he was he looked a lot funnier in um, like Tommy Bahama shirts than <laughs> yeah. than because like, we had him wearing his usual t-shirts and, yeah. and they were tight and it looked funny, and then he started wearing for one episode he wears a Tommy Bahama shirt, and uh, we realized when we shot that episode that he actually looked fatter in it even though even though the tight t-shirts show off his belly more he almost did kind of look muscular up top we've yeah. not seen the belly but the, something about Tommy Bahama shirt is like even though you can't really see as well what's under it it's like it's, drapes it's very clear the message is I'm fat yeah. and I'm trying to hide it now what in terms of the, so you guys flat out said I'm not fucking doing it he wanted you all to put on 50 pounds I mean he was you know he suggested I I I think it also was on top of just not wanting to do it because it's disgusting. <laughs> like it, it's not you know, healthy. It's so unhealthy. Yeah. Uh, you know, they, that was starting to maybe feel a little too gimmicky, you know, to have like- <laughs> If you're all fat. Yeah, the whole cast is like one character. I don't know. It's We can start to ground the episode still to, in something. To be fair to him, he was coming from a place of these characters treat their bodies like crap. And they they eat they don't eat well they drink constantly and we're getting older so this is what would happen it is the natural progression of things and that was so that was his vision for it and this is your sixth year doing this seventh seventh, seventh year so is it mm-hmm. how many that's seven seasons yeah mm-hmm. it's fucking amazing because like initially like I don't know where you guys came from you know I've been in stand up comedy for twenty five years and I you guys none of you guys were sketch guys right no no and you were just out here i mean how did you all come together glenn and i were theater geeks mm-hmm. uh you know um out here no in new york and uh and rob started in new york too that's where i met rob he went to fordham right or didn't he go to for college like a day or something actually that's really fun that's a good story yeah because i wish he was here to tell that story he went to fordham but he never paid for or signed up for classes he had friends that were going to fordham and he literally was sleeping on the floor in their dorm rooms <laughs> And sneaking into classes because he wanted to learn stuff, but he could not afford to pay for the college. So he went to Fordham, but he was, he's like, there's no record of him ever having gone to Fordham. He Did he just, learn, I wonder great. if he learned anything. Uh, I don't so he know. just showed he up probably, at classes? He learned not to go to college yeah. and to go you know, make a success of himself. Did yeah. you go to college? I did. And you studied theater? No, I was an art history major. They didn't have a theater program where I went. So yeah, you're liberal. That's what, I mean, I did an art history minor. and So you're a liberal arts guy, and yeah. you? Yeah, also liberal. Well, I did go for theater, though. Where at? Uh, I went to Juilliard. Oh, really? Fancy. Where'd you go? <laughs> Merrimack College. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you you were gunning for the big. You were I was. serious. I was. I was. I took acting very seriously. A lot of Alexander technique and yeah. And uh, wow. did you do Meisner and all that shit? Or they probably didn't have that at Juilliard. It's probably fencing. Did you do some <laughs> fencing? We did do a little fencing, actually, <laughs> believe it or not. How about um, at Merrimack? Was there, no, you were in the art history Oh, department. my God. There, it was so sad. There was uh, like one little theater club <laughs> of like group of kids who called themselves the Onstagers. And, like, <laughs> That's great. Yeah, and they would do, uh, 
the on stagers. What even is that? Like, they <laughs> would, I mean, they would do like. Um, like uh, you know, into the woods musicals. Right. So they were the non-theater. Like I was a BU. I was in stage troupe. So you would do the big uh, once a year thing. Right. Yeah, on yeah. stage was right. Yeah. It was usually musical. Like can't take it with you. Right. Or, or exactly. Bye exactly. bye birdie. It's just right. like yeah. But that's actually when I was like, oh, maybe acting is something that uh, I can actually. So you do. you were in the on stagers. I was, I sort of, I was, I was I in dabbled. It. I was, I was, I got a minute. I was an onstager. You were an onstager. And then it was there that I, re- that someone told me about this place called the Williamstown Theater Festival. And, uh, and I like, I went for a summer just basically kind of like, you know, you help build sets and you empty trash cans and then you maybe walk on stage and say two lines in a play with professionals. Is it a Shakespearean thing? Cause that sounds like a Shakespearean thing. They do thing. some Shakespeare, but it, it's the uh, whole unity thing. It's all of it. Now, okay, so in the onstagers, did you do musicals? I did... Uh, Guys and Dolls, come on. I did Into the Woods. You did? Uh, yeah. I never did that. I did South Pacific in high school. Yeah. Mm. But that was it. Oh. A lot of Sondheim but you, stuff. But yeah. you don't strike me as the kind of guy that uh, was part of that group. Like, you know, I mean, there's a certain type of... And I'm not going <laughs> to... Yeah. No, 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 you're Cast right. aspersions no, to I was high of, school thespians, but... Yeah, I was the outsider in that group. You <laughs> right, know, like, right. they were like, hey, you know, it's he's, he likes... He, he clearly seems like he's on drugs and, you know, he's, he's hanging out with hippie friends, but... His hippie friends. Yeah, he's definitely like... I think he's a he's a, a he's know, a closet thespian. A closet, a closet thespian. thespian. <laughs> we can get. And him they were right. They yeah. were right. Yeah. So you were like a, a hippie stoner guy in college. Yeah. In co- I kept, Grateful Dead. Yeah, totally. Really. Kept reinventing myself. High school, I was uh, like a you know a baseball and a jock, and then as soon as I realized that that career was never going to happen, I was like, well, I might as well just. Hang out with the crossover to the I other side. The, yeah. I actually went the exact same route. Like you were, started, uh, did you? Total jock, like sports guy, and you know was like weirdly actually enjoyed academics and stuff like that. Yeah. And then realized I was never quite good enough at sports to really thrive at that. So then I took up drinking and smoking weed, and uh, then that became and then became a total deadhead. Really, uh, both absolutely, of you. absolutely. It's yeah. why I don't have any tattoos because I, I, I if I got one at eighteen, I would have gotten like some dumb baseball. Yeah. And then, you know, at like 20, I would have gotten like a Grateful Dead thing. The dancing bear. Yeah. You would have had a baseball bear. in one arm Steal and a dancing bear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, and then 28, I would have been one of those douches with a barcode. <laughs> 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 Representing all your interests in music. Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. All right, so you were both deadhead hippies. That's interesting yeah, we, to me. We, I went through Did you go phase. to concerts? Uh, uh, I actually only ever made it to one... But because he died in '95, so I mean, I yeah, was, I'm yeah. older than you guys. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was. He, I made it to one the year he died, like a couple months before he died. Yeah, I was like just getting into it, and then he died. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, no more Jerry. Oh, What's well. the point? It probably saved you about three or four years of your life. It, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The fact that Jerry Garcia died as sad as it was, it, yeah, means that we have. The I was show. off. I was off chili dogs and heroin. <laughs> because of that, <laughs> I decided that wasn't the way I should go. And, yeah. yeah. So wait, tell me about this uh, theater gig thing. So you both were gunning for legitimate stage careers. Yeah, I, I mean, mean I Juilliard. Think so. Yeah, I ser- yeah, I mean, I certainly was. That was what what did, appealed to me. Did you do any in New York? I did. Yeah, I did a little bit. Yeah. Um, but weirdly, I I didn't get as much. I mean, I thought it was going to come blasting out of school and become like the greatest thing that ever. Who was your guy? I mean, because Juilliard, who was that? William Hurt went there. Who went there? A lot of people went there. Oh yeah, a lot of. But people. like, who was your guy? Who was your model of uh, that? That's the career I want. That that actor. Oh God. Come on, you had one. You don't have to be ashamed of it. No, no, no. I, I don't know. I honestly don't know. I mean, I always admired those guys though that that would do both. 
right. film and theater. You right. Know, the, the, the the guys who who somehow Kevin managed, Spacey. Yeah, the Kevin Spaceys. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, who could who could somehow manage to do both? Yeah. Um, I somehow I have not managed to do both. I've I've been. Strictly, you haven't done any movies yet. Uh, I haven't done any. I haven't done any theater in ten years. <laughs> <laughs> You've done some movies, though, right? Yeah, I've done a couple movies. You've done a couple movies. Yeah. Yeah. I saw you on bus stops. Yeah. Who was I talking? I, oh, I had Sudeikis a... in here, and he was telling me about. Oh, you did. I had him in here last week. He was on the show on Monday, and uh, he was talking about the press junket. And just, <laughs> he's <laughs> sort funny of, as hell, man. He's a good guy too. You yeah. know, just fucking yeah, it's funny. So that must have been like hey, this is not that situation because. He he said that you guys would go out the three of you and you'd have to do those radio junkets where Ugh. you just have to blast over and over again. It's brutal. And they just you know in between they say all right the people are Kathy Johnny and the gas bag. All right, yeah, it's in yeah. Illinois. Hey, you're out with the gas bag. So what's it like to have a horrible bus? You ever had a horrible bus? And you get that question like a million times. Like yeah. so you're with Jennifer Aniston. Uh, how did you contain yourself? I mean, did you go crazy? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, I, I was fine. I'm a grown man. Uh, she's too old for me. I mean, things you just can't say. How much theater did you end up doing in New York? None. I mean, you know, like I did all of it at Williamstown and I thought just like Glenn, I'm like, oh, I'm in the loop. I'm in the, you know, I, I went there for four years and kind of climbed the ranks. You can sort of. So you uh, went from cleaning toilets to, to yeah, actually to, wearing costumes. To, yeah, and... to wearing costumes. And then, you know, <laughs> then I got an toilet. agent through that. And yeah. I was like, oh, I'm, 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 I'm set. And, uh, and I remember I, I was, uh, I was, um, you know, up for the graduate that they were doing on Broadway uh, for the Dustin Hoffman role. Really? Yeah. And I was really excited. And my agent called and they're like, it looks like it's going to go to you. And, and I was like, oh, this is my big break. I'm going to have a huge role on Broadway. And then they said, oh, wait, don't call your parents or anything yet. And because um, Jason Biggs is flying in to do just a quick chemistry thing. I doubt it'll happen. And, you know, they cast Jason Biggs. And look, I, you know, I have nothing against the guy. If you want to cast him, fine. But at that point, I realized I got to get to L.A. and stick my dick in a pie if I ever want to do a play. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know? You know, and then uh, <laughs> you know, I've been sticking my dick in pies ever since, and I have no interest in doing plays anymore. So, but you love fucking pies. Oh, but now yeah. I just can't stop fucking pies. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, when did you come out here? What year? How many years ago? I came out here in two thousand one. I guess the end of two thousand one. Because yeah. I did a I did a pilot for Fox called That Eighties Show, and um, I, I I had the same thing. I was having trouble booking plays. I just uh, you know. I was losing out roles to Jason, the Jason Biggses of the world, and kind of had the same experience, and was having getting more, basically more attention from shows out in L.A., even though I was in New York, right? Uh, than plays in New York. So I, I finally broke down. I was like, okay, let me go do this show, make finally make some money, and see what happens. And uh, that show didn't last very long. But we, the three of us, moved out to L.A. around the same time. We knew each other from New York, not that well. How did you know Rob? I mean, what was he doing in New York? Rob was. Rob was doing a lot of writing, and he had actually done, I would say, like two or three movies, yeah, um, with pretty decent roles. Unfortunately, he actually got cut out of them all. <laughs> uh, you know, and it's weird; yeah. like it sounds terrible. He's a, and he he's a good actor, yeah. And I think it was literally like he ended up always playing the character that when they had to trim, you know, the movie down to a certain length, they, it was his stuff was just easiest to go. I, I don't know. I mean, maybe I mean, he was terrible. When you're starting out, you're first getting your foot in the door. Those are the opportunities you get, and right. they're usually, you know, the expendable parts, and they get cut down the to two line service parts. the star. Yeah. yeah, and that's just that's just sort well, of what you're part saying of the that because you got. I got you cut, cut out of Bad out Company. Yeah, that's right. With uh, Chris Rock and Anthony Hopkins. You yeah. did? 
I said one line. Well, that's the weird thing is when you're a comic actor, especially a stand-up comic, you're always a guy that's like, hey, the place is on fire! Yeah, <laughs> right, right. And then that's it. You're that's just it. that guy. That's yeah. So you guys meet, and but how did you all just, what was the, the inception of the it show? Was a, it was a couple of things. We, we all moved out to L.A. around the same time. And we all knew each other from New York a little bit. We knew we had the same manager. Rob Kaltenberg? Uh, he's one of them, but Nick Frankel's our, three arts, our, yeah. our primary guy. Yeah, three arts. Um, and we just started kind of hanging out. Rob had been writing some movies and things like that, so we all started getting together and reading, like reading through some of these screenplays he'd written. And then we we uh, we we discovered that Charlie in New York had shot a lot of short films with his friends Nate Mooney and Jimmy Simpson, who play the McPoyle twins. And David Hornsby. And David Hornsby, who plays Rickety Cricket on our show. They they all knew each other really well from Williamstown. and The twins, right. I ran yeah. into him at Home Depot, the thinner one, the oh, kind yeah. of menacing one. What's his name? Um, oh, Jimmy Simpson? Yeah, yeah. Good guy. He's a nice guy. He's, yeah. He said he listened to the show, Both but he's funny. Because nice he, like, he wouldn't think he's like that that, that type of comedy actor that yeah. plays it really weird and mean and straight. Yeah, and he's, he's good. Yeah. He's not, neither one of those guys are, are anything like those, uh, <laughs> anything like those characters, yeah. thank God. But uh, they had shot some really, really funny, really strange short movies in New York together. And Rob yeah. and I, I remember watching them think, and thinking, God, I wish I really want to do that. It was just it, they were just doing it for fun. Yeah. Like so what kind of stuff? Uh, I mean, I, uh, we shot a million. I mean, like, uh, you know, we lived in this shitty little apartment uh, down on like the Lower East Side of New York. And what street? Orchard Street, okay, which below now, Houston, it's nice. Below now. Delancey, like, oh, way down there, yeah, way down, which is really nice now. But um, it's wild, isn't it? When you go the, back there, oh, it's oh, crazy. Yeah, the whole, You're like, but what happened? The, to all the weirdos selling drugs. At, yeah, at the time it was pretty empty, so yeah. we could really like run around the streets and shoot things. You know, a lot of wigs and fake teeth, and you know, <laughs> and uh, you know, mostly there were like drug deals gone bad and just you know ridiculous. <laughs> you uh, can go on Jimmy Simpson's YouTube page, and there's a couple. He's got of them a couple, yeah, that are up on YouTube. Yeah. Um, yeah, <laughs> but uh, but they were really they were really funny, and I I was I remember being very inspired by it and just thinking I just want to shoot stuff. Um, so you saw a sensibility thing, like you know, you yeah, realize- we just yeah yeah, and yeah. Rob, Rob. So basically, Rob kind of came up with this this idea of something that for us to shoot together. Well, we <laughs> first thing we did is we shot. Um, this is kind of funny. We don't usually tell this story, so this could be interesting. But we we shot this mockumentary kind of a thing about because everybody used to joke that Rob looked like Haley Joel Osment. <clears throat> I can so, see that. <clears throat> so we shot this thing where he played Haley Joel Osment in his 20s, yeah. y- you know, years later. And yeah. Charlie played Frankie Muniz years later. Right. And they were living in a shitty apartment together. And, you know, they were both totally fucked up on drugs, yeah. trying to get their lives together. And I played their acting teacher, this really eccentric acting teacher. And we shot this little mockumentary thing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it was fun. We had a good time. It was fun, whatever. <laughs> and then the next thing was we shot this scene where a guy goes over to his somewhat acquaintances house to borrow sugar for coffee and the guy ends up telling him that he has cancer and then now this guy feels stuck in this guy's apartment while while he tells him (laughs) that he has cancer Uh it was really uncomfortable and it was really it was very inspired by sort of the humor of the office right uh the british office and and uh curb your enthusiasm just sort of let the tension sit yeah yeah, just really yeah. yeah yeah And we had so much fun doing it, we ended up developing it kind of into this whole 25-minute long short film, which eventually became the the nugget of uh, It's Always Sunny. This is important to note, too, and I, I think this is, people could really take a, a lesson from this, but the first version of it that we shot mm-hmm. wasn't good. and we, The pilot? Yeah. 
and we just started. No, it over wasn't. A, it wasn't a pilot at this point. The first, he's talking about just the first home movie version of this of, thing of that Sunny. Was shot. Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't that a pilot? It, well, it was a pilot. I just want to be clear. We're not talking about the pilot. Right. That no. You no. See you, when you watch FX. But you, you oh were, yeah, yeah, yeah. You were trying to you know create something yeah. that would represent the show. Yeah. Were you, was this your was the plan to to do something like that and then pitch it with that? No. Or did you already have a deal or no, what? No, we were no, just we were shooting just trying stuff to for make fun. something good. Oh, you yeah. know. Okay. And yeah. So we made it and we looked at it and we said that's not good. Let's redo it. And that's something that I feel like people don't do enough. You know, there's a little bit too much of like, hey, we made something. Come take a look at it. Right. And like, you know, you really, if you have the time and uh, the resources, <laughs> should sometimes <laughs> go over these things again and make sure, <laughs> yeah. make sure you know, you know, um, or so at how least did get you a know? consensus. Yeah, I mean. We just, we just knew, you know. We it was knew. all the characters that, you know, that uh, that you see on the show now, actually, basically. Actually, David Hornsby was playing Mac. Correct. Yeah, um, yeah. the guy who plays Cricket was originally playing the Mac character. Uh-huh. And uh, you know, it, it wasn't it wasn't any one thing. It wasn't it was just our process. We hadn't refined it yet, and and we we said, all right, let's just take another crack at it, knowing a little bit more what we were trying to do, and and made a much better version, mm-hmm. which was the one that we eventually sold, and then even shot a second episode after that. Once we sort of had our sea legs, so you we self produced it all and then sold it on that. Yeah. Is that how yeah. it went down? I mean, literally, it was just two video cameras, a boom mic. But and... you didn't pitch before? You didn't go into FX and say, no. like, you know, we got an idea for a show? You went no. with, like, you It would have never sold. I mean... Did it... you sit there and look at the show with them? We never we never, uh, we never, never thought that far ahead. We literally just wanted to make some funny shit to make our friends laugh and just to see if we could do it. And like Charlie said, uh, we, we didn't stop until it was good and it was funny. And we kept editing and we kept shooting and we kept working until right. it was good. And um, and then we took it into our managers and just showed it to them. And they thought it was really funny. And then we took it around to a bunch of different places. How so, did you get DeVito involved? That, that came well, a year later. We did a whole season without right. him. But that was like, it was. but after that year, wasn't that when you guys were up against the wall with the thing? Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. I mean- or so they say, which is uh, FX basically said, look, you know, I mean, our seven episodes that we aired at 11 p.m., <laughs> you know, didn't get amazing ratings. Uh, and uh, with nobody in it, with, with nobody in the show that anyone recognized. Yeah. And uh, with very little marketing. Um, and they said, but uh, they what happened is they they'd put Glenn Close on an episode of uh, or a season of The Shield. Right. And it spiked their ratings and they were sort of looking to recreate that. uh you know, um, ability to sell a name and just John- like uh, just like the theater problem you guys ran into, pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> basically, <laughs> much. basically. Yeah, you need a little momentum to yeah. get your foot in the door. And uh, and John Langraff used to run Jersey Films with Devito. Yeah, John Langraff's president of FX, and um, and he had suggested that Danny might be interested in doing the show and. Uh, and we agreed that maybe just Rob would go talk to him. The three of us. Well, might wait, be when they said that to you, were you like, "Fuck"? I mean, Danny DeVito would that be when, when you first when you first heard that? Was there that moment where you're like, oh, "How are we going to fit him in?" Or a was yeah, thoughts. oh, definitely, yeah. yeah. I mean, it was a little bit like, "Uh oh," you know, uh, that's such a different vibe from what we're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean. He's In so what way? Fa- he's so famous, you know. But and, like, he's a pretty dark, weird, fucked up little guy. Absolutely, and, and which, yeah, which worked out to our benefit. But initially, it was just like he's so famous, he's not going to seem. Well, we we were afraid. Well, first real. of all, he, we, he's we were like overshadow you. Yeah, that he would that that it would that it would become and not in a vain way, but just that it would change the show too much, like. All of a sudden, we have this giant star on the show who right. could be a total douchebag, right? And 
and also want to make the show about him. And we didn't want the show to be about any one person. Right. It was a very like much an ensemble show. Yeah, like this is a low budget, you know, handheld thing that unless you're a huge fan of that 80s show or Third Watch, you're not going to recognize the right. cast. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, and then, you know, to put someone super famous in it suddenly says... Hey, this is a TV show. This isn't like a. So you, you were know. worried about losing your indie cred. A little bit. Yeah. And yeah. then also just never having met the man. You know, you don't know uh, if maybe he's an the, asshole. Yeah, he's <laughs> right. could be an asshole. <laughs> right. Uh, but the other side of it was like, look, people have made Danny DeVito super funny in the past, and if we're any good, we should be able to figure out how to do it as well. Yeah. Um, and so, certainly from a from a performance standpoint, we he was perfect for the show because, like you said, he's twisted. Yeah. He's done a lot of dark shit. Our yeah. show was pretty dark. You know? Yeah. And he seemed to have the right sensibility for our show. So in the conversation with you, you guys and Rob, when they're like, they're, they're, it's, they want Danny DeVito, they're going to reach out to Danny DeVito. Like, how long did you guys go like, oh, man. Well, we, we were sort of on the hook for it, you know, yeah, yeah, which was right. like, you know, well, we need this to work. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so who went and met him? Rob went and met him. Yeah, Rob went and met him. Um, so you sent a messenger out. Well, we created we created we did, a yeah. uh, we created a, first thing we did is we created a character for him, um, something that we could actually pitch him, something concrete. And at, he had already seen the show. His his kids were thankfully like big fans of the show. That and, happens so much now, man. Yeah, it's I the know. weirdest thing. Like you know, I know guys who are a little younger than me, and like even your age, where it's like. Uh, the director's like, yeah, my kid liked you. Dimitri Martin got a role like that. David right. Cross, yeah, uh, Dustin Hoffman's kid was a David Cross fan, and he got something. It's just wow. bizarre that there's this whole generation yeah. of people that are listening to their kids. It's true. Well, it makes sense. Well, they, mean, and also they want to be vital. You know, they're like, I want to be. I want my kid to like me. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. It's you know, once you get to a, once your kids get to like eighteen, nineteen, twenty, yeah, they're probably way more in touch with what's going on than, than you are. Yeah. So, or maybe a little bit older, but, uh, so he um, goes out there, he pitches the part yeah, and he comes back with what word, you know, the, 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 the good thing about Rob is that he could sell you your own pants. Yeah. I mean, he's like, yeah. while you're wearing them, he's just, yeah, yeah. He's just that he's good. He's man. a he's, good salesman. And, he's a good and, salesman. And, uh, you know, the two of us really needed a guy like that, which was great. <laughs> two ex deadhead theater geeks. Yeah. 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 You need the front man. Yeah. We needed a, an obsessed uh, salesman. Yeah. So what, I mean, he talked us into doing the show too. So, I mean. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We were both kind of on the fence about it. Yeah. <laughs> So what did he say when he comes back from meeting DeVito? I don't remember. Do you remember? Was, well, was he excited? Was I he mean, in right away? It, you know, he lit, he went and met with DeVito, and believe it or not, DeVito, who hadn't done a television show since Taxi, yeah. called him an hour later and said, I'm in. Wow. And it was that quick. Yeah. So I think by the time we actually talked to Rob, Danny had already said yes. It was like, I'm in. We but couldn't the, believe it. We but were like, these are Why? the terms. You have 15 days to shoot all my scenes for an entire season of television. And, uh, you know, they paid him a lot. So, you know, right. he, he said yes, but but in a very smart business way, like... Uh, I'm still Danny DeVito. I'm still Danny DeVito. <laughs> but after that after that season, which was season two, then then he sort of fell in love with the character in the show and us. And, yeah. and, and you know... Well, how did that... Well, well, let's talk about that romance for a while. When he first shows up on the set and you guys, you know, were you nervous? I mean, was there some element of like, it's fucking Danny DeVito? How are we gonna... Did he surprise you? I mean, were you laughing at yeah. him? Well, he, he... We were very... We were yeah. very... I mean, I was... I know I'm gonna speak for myself. I was also at the time 
still just becoming comfortable with being anybody's boss, you know. And basically on that set, the three of us are the producers, the boss. Yeah, yeah. we were all like, you know, in our late twenties, and uh, and we it was like this. This is weird to be like, you know, telling this guy who's fifty years old and this guy who's forty years old and this woman who's sixty, like I'm their boss. It's it was just strange. So then to be all of a sudden like weirdly kind of Danny DeVito's boss, a guy yeah. who we grew up admiring and watching yeah. you know I was like I'm gonna have to give him notes when he's acting I'm gonna have to you know give him direction yeah and so I was a yeah, little how do you balance that uh, yeah <laughs> it was know. it was a little weird but he did a really good job of of essentially saying to us sending the message to us very clearly this show I don't want the show to be about me I want I don't want to fuck up what you guys already have I want to seamlessly into you guys to help me seamlessly integrate myself into this gang and yeah. um, and you know I want you to feel comfortable giving me direction. So, so he's a pro. He's a pro, man. He's such a team player. I don't think we could, could have got a better guy when it comes to that. I mean, he's really up for whatever and uh, and commits to it like a hundred percent. You know, um, I think you get to a certain age and you know, just knowing your lines gets a little trickier. And the way that we work too is we jump from you know we'll shoot uh, we'll go into a location like say my apartment in the yeah. show. And we'll shoot three or four scenes from a bunch of different episodes. So we're jumping all over the place. And that's that's tough on the people who don't write the show, um, you know, for, for Danny and Caitlin. But because uh, by the time we do it, we're, we're, we know those episodes so well. So we're, you guys all three write in the same room together. Yeah. Yeah. And you and, and in terms of so you just brainstorm and you try to make each other laugh or how does that go? Well, we have a team of writers now. Oh, you do? Um, yeah. Who are they? Anyone I know? Uh, Comics? No, it, it, you know we we're we're really weird. We the first two seasons it was just the three of us, and then we farmed a script out to David Hornsby. But after that, um, we got a bunch of young. We couldn't really afford like senior writers, and we didn't want a bunch of guys who'd been in a, a, a million rooms sure, forming bad yeah, habits yeah. over the years. You know, so like they're all in their early twenties or yeah, yeah, like young guys. Well, not anymore. But when we when we yeah got them, what? How many are on the staff? Maybe ten or eleven. People oh, really? Total, including us. Including it's us. Small. Now. Yeah, I, I'm, I, that is small. Yeah, I don't know. I, think. I don't think is that small. I think that's small. I think that's pretty small. So, do you guys sit down with the three and you put the what, what do you do? You do story ideas and then throw it to the to the room, or do you have guys? Yeah, pitch? nowadays we'll go in in the beginning of the season and we'll just pitch out like general story ideas. You know, like that'll uh, thread through the season, maybe, or is it? Do you think about do, arcs, or you don't? We think do about some. It? We did some last year. The way we shoot arcs are really tricky. Um, mm -hmm. Because yeah, and, and what way? Uh, because we 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 block shoot every everything in a way that you don't get to clean up an episode and go to the next one. Um, so it's also it's also something we set out to do from the beginning, which was to create more sort of you know, individual episodes that you could watch. You could never have seen the show and watch an episode from season five and be on board. Yeah, I noticed that. I mean? Like, when you watch it, they all sort of stand alone. Yeah. And, and what are, like, what are the, the rules of, of how you approach comedy for the show? I mean, there are there things that you will not do that on policy or as a policy evolved around uh, emotion or, or what a character will or won't do and that kind of stuff? You know, it's funny. Uh, and I think what sets us aside a little bit is that I don't think there's anyone involved in the show who ever thought of themselves as a comedian. Yeah. You know, um, I think we all thought of ourselves as people who could be funny. Right. But, but, uh, I mean, the idea of doing stand up is terrifying to me. Oh, right. You know, yeah, me like, too. Could, oh my God. Never just, do it. I, could I don't never think do I could it. ever do it. And, uh, you know, so our approach to comedy, I think, 
<clears throat> first and foremost, we're just trying to make an episode that that works, and then hopefully, you know, in that it's it, it's also funny. Yeah, right. it's it's we try to create something where the characters' point of views are extreme enough that that's where the comedy comes from we're not i don't know how to write i'm like really bad at writing jokes i don't no, know how yeah, to write I, yeah i really don't know how to write well, jokes. i, I could that, never do it i just and your yeah. writers don't do it either necessarily it's all character driven that you know the sort of personalities and these weird idiosyncrasies Quirks. yeah, yeah and, that that each one has mm-hmm. you can just move them around you just create situations yeah and i think i think we we almost approach it also from the standpoint of like really creating almost bizarre needs but very concrete concrete needs and wants for the characters over the course of an episode so so that the comedy really comes from just the lengths that the characters will go to to achieve what they selfishly want in any given moment um like what are some great examples of that other than the uh when, oh, there was one where you you guys got addicted to what was it heroin was okay it well there's there's a perfect example yeah. right there you know we 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 discover that because um, we decide to quit the uh, quit our job at the bar because this was in season two so yeah. this was when we were integrating Danny into the show we were so pissed off that that our father who was played by Danny was going to be a part of our lives again who we hated that we decided to leave the bar and then we realized like well we got to find other jobs this is great we'll quit the bar and we'll finally achieve our hopes and dreams right. but in the meantime we might need to get on some unemployment you know to fill the gap until we can you know i can become a veterinarian and you yeah. can become a, a famous actress you know so initially our goal is to set out uh, on these wild hopes and dreams but we end up on an un- unemployment and then we realize we can get even better benefits if we're on welfare but then we realize we can't get on welfare unless we've got some kind of a problem so we decide to get addicted do we decide to smoke crack to get it in our system to prove that we're recovering crackheads <laughs> So then we can get welfare and then we can achieve our hopes and dreams. Right. And then, of course, we've just become crack addicts. <laughs> right. You know, one of my favorite scenes from last season is just such a simple premise is we had an episode with Jason Sudeikis where he plays this character of Schmitty and Schmitty is like the fifth Beatle. Yeah. You realize that there was a there was an extra guy to this group that you've been following for six years. And, uh, you know, he hasn't been around for six or seven or eight years, you know, and uh, he comes back and they bring him into the fold. And there's one scene where they all go out to, they take him out to lunch. And this, this group of friends, uh, their, their behavior uh, has become so insular uh, that <laughs> to Schmitty, from outside, he can't even relate. You know, uh, Dennis, uh, Glenn's character, you know, yeah. he, he orders everyone's food for them when they go out to eat because he has the most refined palate. And people have just sort of gotten used to that. And, and Schmitty wants to order for himself, which throws the gang out of whack. And, you know, really, from a premise standpoint, it's very simple. You yeah, know, it's yeah, like yeah. a guy just leaves for a while, and when he comes back, things have changed. <laughs> yeah. But then, you know, you get into the into the behavior, and that's where it gets really funny. Now, in terms of feedback, do you guys, have you offended anybody? Do you get, like... We, well, why have we not offended somebody? Like, <laughs> I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. I, I think the reason we haven't is because clearly, and this is something we set out to do from the beginning, too, the characters, our characters, are always the butt of the joke. Right. Yeah. And their ignorance and their ability to be so selfish and so self-serving is always the reason why their hopes and dreams never come to fruition because the characters are always the butt of the joke. So, you know, uh, whenever, you know, a character does something that's extremely racist or sexist or horrible towards any group of people or uh, an individual, it never works out for them. And it, and it, and it all is always the reason why they don't achieve what they want to achieve. So, 
I think that is the reason, uh, you know, and even yeah. even with this this year's premise of of of, of Mac gaining weight, we we are not making fun of fat people. No, of we are making fun of Mac because he thinks that he's this muscle bound person. And he has done absolutely nothing in order to actually achieve that goal. He's literally eating himself. So the now this is not a person who was is naturally fat. This is a person who is destroying his body under the <laughs> under the delusion that he's actually creating muscle. You know, and that's that's the joke. Not fat people in general. Now, was there always in this, uh, uh, when you were creating it? Like, because there's two kinds of comedies. There there are comedies that you know people can identify with which are more a little more hackneyed usually family comedies and that kind of stuff mm-hmm. were you sort of when you guys created this were you like you know we're not doing that oh that, definitely yeah, i mean they're definitely like these characters are going to be characters this is comedy for comedy's sake you know it's, if anyone says like oh my god i'm exactly like charlie that might be a problem yeah right <laughs> well i think you know because we were all out here and acting and you know auditioning for pilots and stuff one of the reasons we put it together was to have material that wasn't like that. You yeah, know? it just does. It's not inspiring to me those kind of TV shows. How did so. you feel when you auditioned? And you know, you, you see, as a comic, but I'm sure it's the same with you, just as an actor. That you know, you realize after a certain point that that classic sitcoms are just joke delivery systems, mm-hmm. and then yeah. you got to go in there, and it's a specific type of acting. It's got nothing to do really with acting as much as it does having to, to deliver a joke with a set personality. Did that? Did you used to like say like this is fucking horrendous? Well, Charlie, you you never say the words. You always just go in and I, I love I love your because <laughs> you 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 were always say like I think always, I'm a better writer than everybody and I change everyone's words. That's what he does, you know. And for years, for years, you know, he would come back. He'd be like, yeah, I had this audition. You know, we would audition for the same thing. Charlie yeah. would be like, yeah, uh, you know, and he would go in with like he would just change the character. He would change all the words <laughs> for for not TV every, audition, not, ev- not everything. Not everything. But, I mean, if it was good, then it's good. And right, if it was right. absolute shit. Yeah, it wasn't would, arbitrary. You weren't making arbitrary yeah. changes. You were trying to make it better. You're trying to elevate the material. Wait, this is for TV audition? Yeah, yeah. Everything. TV, f- TV film, you know. And of course, Not you know, plays. you're you're <laughs> s- Yeah, plays. I don't think Odette really had a feel for this. <laughs> Let me talk to you about this Tartuffe character, all right? Yeah. <laughs> and you know, I think some people are, are are maybe open to having their material elevated, and other people are oh, like, yeah, well, "That's not what I wrote." Well, what the well, fuck are you doing? What was your experience most of the time when you would do that? Uh, you know, I'd usually get into the testing process and and get brought along the line and then uh i think i tested 15 times without booking a pilot for like which ones like which oh, ones have made man. the air where you were like up for them very few that 80s show i was i uh yes who's the uh, eurasian friend who yeah. got the part yeah he and you right, guys though. would you did you live together or anything or no. you just knew each other no, no, and just you just always had the same management so you were going out for the same parts or, yeah or pretty just, much oh that's interesting yeah and there was never any rivalry not no. really, because was usually more you'd go out for like the, like more of the clear lead kind of guy, and I'd always be the wacky friend, you know. <laughs> so yeah. it yeah, wasn't that's really the same parts that so, much. So yeah. There was never a situation where you'd walk in with a new script and say, uh... <laughs> "There was." I mean, I remember being in audition rooms with uh, with Rob, you know. Actually, that's how we met. We were both flown out mm-hmm. to test for the the same role. For this this pilot called Mather House, you and Rob, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. how you met him. Yeah, that's how I met him, and um, and you know the pilot fell apart, and they'd uh, they didn't make it when we were out, and he was so bummed out, 
and it was the second time in a row that happened to me and i was like no nah, man that's don't it's fine that's how, it it's, that's how it works yeah yeah and, and i actually uh <laughs> it, the first time i ever really had a conversation with charlie was after we both tested for different roles for that 80s show and he was go, you were i was gonna i was like hey man we were both leaving at the same time i said hey you want to ride I, I can take you back to your hotel i, I guess he was gonna catch a cab or something i had a rental car and uh, so I was driving. Drive. We had the same. We had the same, we had the same agent. agent. The same My agent. agent called me while I was in the car with Charlie to tell me I got the part. <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, I was like, I'm in the car with uh, with Charlie." And she was like, "Oh, he he did not get the part." Let me talk to him. Let me talk to him in the fucking car. That was I forgot about that. By the time that was like you know odd, you know yeah. screen test uh, twenty seven for me, I didn't give a shit. I was like, I was like, sorry, dude, they're gonna cast uh, that Asian guy. So it's amazing yeah. though. It's weird that you you got to a point where you didn't take it personally. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I think Charlie. I mean, you know, I don't want to speak for you, but he's right here. Yeah. Go please speak for me. <laughs> Sometimes that's kind of fun to hear your friend's perspective yeah. on your your attitude, right? W- will you? Yeah. I I uh, I think on some <laughs> level. I I always admired that Charlie had the confidence to go in and say, okay, this isn't that funny, but here's how I'm going to make it funnier. And if you don't like it, then uh, I guess it's just not for me because I'm not going to do this. I'm going to do this. And if you don't like this, then I'm not your guy. And I... I always, I mean, I was, I, I still to this day, I find that to be a very admirable trait and and very bold, you know. And it did not work out for him for a long time. <laughs> yeah, it didn't. But now, to, you know, <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you admired it. Right, it's, writers tend to take that very personally. Yeah, yeah. Um, yes, but I will say to this day that not a single one of those uh, projects really panned out. Really panned out, or has gone half as long as it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Right. Did, so Aren't that, you guys are, uh, uh, coming up on some sort of milestone for like the longest running live yes. comedy uh, TV yeah, show I've, on cable? I think that's yeah, it. By the live time action. Yeah. yeah, longest running live action sitcom on cable. What does live action mean in that context? Non-cartoon. Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. sorry, not on cable. I think on, on, on non-pay cable. Because so, I think on, on basic cable. <laughs> wow! No, so not, someone really had to bend the spin out of it. Yeah, we got wow. a publicist in the room. A publicist is in yeah. the room. How did yeah. that? How did that? Who he brought, doesn't know. Who anything. crunched those numbers? He's just a lackey. You've got the longest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. It gets worse. Thing with people that say things on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, it's not What's a this thing with distinctions in Hollywood. <laughs> yeah. You know? So all right. So now you guys are both. Uh, the show's doing well. People yes. love it. You got a big you know fan base. The numbers are good. Yeah. I think so. You stop get, paying attention. Once you get into the sort of syndication game, you're like, the numbers? So, oh, yeah, numbers. the numbers. And that doesn't matter And anymore. it's all yours. So that must feel fucking amazing. Yeah, it feels good. Yeah, it's great, man. Are it's... you guys selling DVDs, O2? Are mm-hmm. they, oh, yeah, my girlfriend's got the box. She brought I mean, them over from her house. Oh, really? Yeah, because yeah. I told her, I, you know, I've watched the show, mm-hmm. but she's like, are you sure? Because I love the show, and she brings a bag of DVDs oh, over God. last and I just night, come and, over I'm like, and, I just... and I'm like, oh, my God, am I going <laughs> to, and you just come over and watch and I come And I come and I kick her out of the shower so I can take a giant dump. It's like, hey, nice to meet you. Oh, I'm a big fan of your show. Okay, good, because I'm going to shit all over your bathroom. <laughs> Mark would have just dumped her in there. That's what you should have done. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I should have. I would. She would have been okay with it. <laughs> she completely would have been okay with it. If you're truly a confident actor, you'll start yeah, quite honestly, I don't know if I could have handled it, but I, I, I think she would have been yeah. fine with it. Yeah. Oh, God. It, you would have been haunted by it for years. It'd be a good yeah. story. I can't believe I let Glenn dump in the bathroom with Jessica in there. With her in he the He dumped shower. so much bigger than me. <laughs> <laughs> How was it, baby? It's I mean, a like, huge it's a... dump. <laughs> so you guys are both married, and Rob's married to Caitlin, right? Yes. Yeah. Who's on the show. Does that get weird? No. Uh, no, not really. No, I it hasn't. It, it, we're, look, we... <laughs> 
we're weirdly, uh, I, I think, I mean, a, a really well-adjusted people in real life. I mean, I, I you do, think. You seem, I mean, you seem pretty well-adjusted. You know, very, you both very pleasant. Seem well, like good you. guys. I didn't know if you were going to be dicks or not. <laughs> and I, I would assume that people would assume that we were dicks all the time. Oh, because of the characters, right? Yeah, because the characters are dicks. But I think that's our way of expressing the sides of our... This is why, though, I also think that our characters are relatable to people and people will actually come up to me and say, I'm just like Dennis. And I'm like, well, Jesus Christ. But I know what they mean. <laughs> what they mean is because Dennis is basically the worst impulses that I actually have and the worst sides of myself that I just... I have a checkpoint, Charlie, in my head that that tells me don't act on that impulse. Don't say that to this to that person. But Dennis is that guy without that checkpoint, Charlie, who just is all the absolute worst parts of myself. And I think that people have those impulses as well. And they don't – maybe they follow up through on them to some degree. They're but afraid I, to. And they're, they're afraid to. But yeah. they but they reckon they're like, yeah. yes, I, that is what I would want yeah. to do yeah, yeah. in an alternate universe. Yeah. As the, you know, If I were able to do that, I would do that. That's yeah. my impulse. Right. And I think people can relate to those impulses. Yeah, hell yeah. And now you are you be do you find that uh, because of, you know I know you've done a couple movies do you feel like you're getting uh, there's a typecasting thing going on? <laughs> I mean uh, I don't mean that in a negative way. It's just like it's going to be if you guys create these defined comedic yeah. characters. Yeah, you're. You, is there uh, a point where you're going to be like, well, I want to do this type of role? Uh, Where's I mean, my gun? Yeah, I, I, you know, I think getting typecast is a good problem because it usually sure. means you're working a lot, right. but um. I haven't really experienced that yet. I mean, I've, I've you haven't done enough of it. Yet. I mean, no. But this next thing you're going to do is it's what? Is completely this different. different right? Yeah. yeah. I'm going to do like some big Guillermo del Toro monster movie thing and play uh, intelligent scientist. <laughs> really? Yeah. And uh, I don't. Did you change the I'm script at... on that when he went in? <laughs> you know, he told he told me to. He did. And I'm freaked out about it. Yeah. Because what do you I'm mean? Like, well, I kind of know how to do that with comedy. Right. Where, like, with comedy, I'm like, all right, I can go in and, uh, you know, I can say something in a different way that I know is going to be a little bit funnier. Yeah. Um, but when the object isn't to be uh, funny, mm -hmm. you know, when I'm when I'm describing, you know, uh, a monster's intest intestines or something, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so you're at an autopsy table. There's intestines there. Yeah. And you got to play it straight. Yeah. Um, but I'm, you know, it's... Guillermo is, Guillermo apparently is like a giant Sonny fan. Yeah, yeah. He's seen every episode. Yeah. And uh, when I met him, he was like, kept asking me to quiz him. I'm like, I, I believe you. Quiz me, bitch. <laughs> quiz me. Yeah. Really? Quiz me, fucker. <laughs> he that what he sounds like? Yeah. Huh? Hey, fucker. Hey, fucker. <laughs> you watch the Dodgers? Is that how he talks? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's exactly. He's from a different part of Mexico. Uh, <laughs> yeah. South Central LA. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so yeah, I don't know about you know about the typecasting thing. I'm, I'm very fortunate that he you know he saw. But is it, it, it is playing against type for you, and it's, it feels good. Yeah, yeah. It's if if it's almost a little daunting now because it's been about seven years of doing a similar thing. But you, you know, actually, throughout the course, this is going to sound shocking considering the character. But like throughout the course of the the show, like from an acting perspective i keep trying to get closer to closer to what's actually inside of me yeah uh, which is really weird for well, that think, character but yeah. uh because you know all my favorite actors seem to do that like even sean penn or someone yeah who might do a very different character thing from movie to movie he still just 
that Sean Penn that you know and you enjoy watching. That's true. So, yeah, there's something there at the core. Yeah, so trying to find whatever that core thing is that people are responding to and bring it to whatever you, you do is a, is I, a challenge. You think that's a conscious thing? Because I think you have it. Like, I, I mean, like right now, I'm talking to you as Charlie. Right. And uh, and it, there's a similarity. Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, you're that guy that's on TV. Mm-hmm. Same yeah. with you. So, but that's a that's a good thing. I'm just wondering if there's really a conscious Maybe way without a... driving yourself crazy. Like, am I being Charlie enough? I mean, yeah, Charlie, <laughs> Charlie, yeah, is Charlie right. coming through because I want Charlie. Right. To come. I don't know. That's a challenge. You <laughs> but know, I think you it's take like... parts of yourself that can relate to the experiences that the character has had, and you just kind of go with those. Right. I think you're very fortunate in that you had this great outlet to create this stuff for yourself. Because, like you said, that character is based on your own impulse. Did you ever see? Uh, Tropic Thunder. Did you see Tropic? Yeah, Thunder? yeah. That yeah. that last scene where they're in the camp and they're all battling with their identities as actors and as people. When they go to rescue Ben Stiller and he doesn't want to leave mm-hmm. from the from his <laughs> oh, captivity because yeah, yeah, yeah. he's found his place and <laughs> yeah. the kid made him the wooden Oscar. Right. And then uh, Robert Downey Jr. starts you know going through all his different characters to get to the core of their self. <laughs> it's uh, fucking so heady. But as an actor, you can't really do that. You're just going to be you. Yeah. Eventually. Yeah. Like you have to let it go and start saying the lines and. Uh, Right, you know, I think it's it's all the lead up to before you do a part that you start thinking about, oh, how am I going to do it and how am I going to pull it off? But then once you're doing it, it's you know you just so have to there, do it. Have you are there people you want to work with or are you thrilled to have worked with certain people? Like I mean, Danny DeVito after a certain point must have been pretty amazing. I know you guys are the producers of the show and everything, but I mean, he's a funny guy. Oh man, I, I mean, could not be more proud of his performance on the show, especially the last couple seasons, as he's really sort of you know found the character and we've found the best way to write for him. And, uh, I think he's doing some of the, I mean, I hate to say this, but personally, I think he's doing some of the best work of his career. Yeah. He's just doing such great work on the show. He's hysterical. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's been brilliant in other things. It's, so, it's um, sort of great that you guys are actually actors and you have a respect for it that you can appreciate it on that level. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I think it's why we always, you know, every couple of episodes, you know, we'll have a, a scene that's, you know, something out of like the deer hunter or cuckoo's <laughs> yeah. nest is because we just love those movies so much and want to relive them. It's Fucking true. D- he was in cuckoo's nest. Yeah. I know it. Martini. I know. Yeah. It. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what was he's it? Brilliant the, he's brilliant. Yeah. He is brilliant in that. Yeah. Um, so you want to work with Sean Penn? Is that the, Oh yeah. 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 He's definitely. He's just great. I mean, have you met him? Uh, I've never met Sean. No, no. I've never met him. Oh, how are you going to do that? I had the opportunity. I was in the same building with him. I didn't say hi. Heard yeah. a rumor that he was a fan of the show, though. Yeah, yeah. What? You who doesn't know when t- you hear those rumors, though? Because you, someone will tell you that, and you'll go up to someone, and they don't know who the fuck yeah, you are. Yeah, yeah. You know? that, that happened with us in the in the living room over my podcast. Yeah. But you're honest. That was good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you wishing the show? And then he took a shit in your house. Yeah. No, he was very forthright and transparent and honest in both the endeavors. I need yeah. to shit, and it has to happen soon. And then uh, I've never listened to a whole episode. Really, you've done that many. But yeah. so, I mean, I, I appreciate it was, Yeah, get it all out there and, and just, you know what I mean? Get yeah. it all out. Get it all out. Get it all out. <laughs> right off the bat. Well, you've been talked about in the show by many people who are fans of your show. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Let me say this, though. Yes, Let me sir. say this. Okay. When I, when I saw right. you on Real Time with Bill Maher yeah. uh, a month ago, or whatever yeah. it was, the season finale, mm-hmm. I, and then... Was you know it was like hey you want to do Mark Maron's show because of that appearance yeah I immediately was like yes I want to do it. even though I had not listened to the podcast or heard the show I was I enjoyed your your performance your 
the bit. appearance. Well, thank you so much that I said I want to talk to that guy. Were you, I think were he's you very anticipating, smart. Uh, anticipating politics? Because we can talk a little bit about politics if you want to alienate. Uh, it's not that I was anticipating it, but I I liked the way you know it's it's not so much your views on politics as right. the way you spoke about it. Well, it's interesting because what you guys do, like in the in the face of. You know, the history of television and, and expectations around comedy, you guys have seemed to have done a sort of miraculous thing, you know, as has, you know, Louie and, and maybe a couple other people since Arrested Development, you know, that, you know, that you've been able to turn the thing on itself and build mm-hmm. an audience that wasn't there before and say fuck you to, uh, you know, executive and network expectations. <laughs> so on that level, that's a, that's a good thing. You know, that keeps yeah. things moving forward. Do you feel that you've done those things? Or did I just, like over intellectualize everything no well you, you know you might be giving us a little more credit than we deserve but um uh you know so, so much of it's a little bit of right just, time right place and right opportunity you know uh getting the opportunity to make the show a, a network that lets us make it the way we want to make it which louis is experiencing now you know yeah um and i think there's nowadays there's an audience maybe there always was but if you make something unique there's probably an audience for right. it. You out just got to figure out how to get them there. And if yes. someone gives you a chance to keep whatever it is on the, you know, on the radio or on television or or uh, you know, in in the theaters, wherever it is, someone gives you a chance to keep putting it out there, you'll probably find your audience. Yeah. Well, congratulations on the success, fellas. Thank you. Thank All right, you. man. Thanks for coming out. that's our show thank you for listening i hope you enjoyed that that was fun man it's, uh, it's always fun to t- when you interview a couple of dudes who know each other you get a thing going and uh i i very charming but anyways i hope you enjoyed that i'm still in nashville because uh, that's where i was at the beginning of the show so it'd be weird if i at the end of the show i was back whatever uh, i think we're gonna be okay here uh i'm gonna have to go to the bathroom in a second but if you need any WTF-related things, go to WTFPod.com. Get yourself a, an app for the iPhone, iPad, Droid, iPod, Touch. Do that. Get on my mailing list. There's new merch, new posters, new uh, mugs. Man, I don't know what else to tell you. I don't know what else to tell you. I will be in uh, Louisville, Louisville, Kentucky, September 15th through the 18th. Louisville, Kentucky at the Improv. What else can I tell you, man? Uh, I love Nashville. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Charlie. Thank you, Glenn. Thank you, Ryan. Uh, I'm sorry that uh, uh, James and uh, John didn't get to talk, but uh, but they enjoyed it. I think they did. You guys enjoy it? Yeah, you feel like feel like you're part of it a little bit. I feel terrible. It was just and you didn't even eat any. Yeah, see, that's the power of sharing, isn't it? You all right, buddy? I'm good. All right. Good. Are we going to go to uh, Grimy's Records? Yeah. Grimy's. All right, we're going to Grimy's. Talk to you later.